join me as we pray. Our Father, we thank you. We praise you this Sabbath morning. We look around the world and we see the signs of your soon return. And sometimes the signs are more than we can take. Sometimes it appears that there's going to be, as you even stated, more wars, more chaos, more pestilence, more crime, more violence. And yes, we see all of these things. But I also see, as your people work, as your people are being converted, as your people are choosing to follow you and serve you, that there is a spirit of love that is growing among your people in the church, and we are reaching out and we're being a help to many who have been marginalized, many who don't have food to eat, many who are affected by disease, many who are affected by mental trauma. And Lord, I pray that you'll use our opportunity today as we gather, as we share together, that we may be drawn closer together, each one of us, in a closer walk with each other, but even more so in a closer walk with you. So cleanse me today, set me apart today, not that I may preach, but just share a few thoughts today. And I pray, Lord, that we would honor you in all that we do. This we ask in Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like, I'm going to be following the story from the Gospel of John. It is a story in the scriptures of the Last Supper. Got everything in the right place. And I'm going to start in uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 13th, and I'm going to read just a little, beginning at the 13th chapter, beginning at verse 1. It says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. I would share with you today, before we even get started, heard the song just a moment ago about the sweet name of Jesus. Everything that we do in our worship should be based on our relationship of love, of love with Christ, of love with one another. Amen? And so he can I'm continue. And supper being ended, the devil now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son to betray him and Jesus knowing that the father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God went and went to God he rises from supper and he laid aside his garments and he took a towel and girded himself and I'm going to stop there for just a moment I try to place myself in the scripture sometimes and I imagine that in the modern day era that we're living in if it were possible that our Lord was able to be here, how would we respond today if he walked in and just kind of took over this service? Amen? I would imagine, because I understand from reading and learning his purposes, that he would probably look around at us, and no doubt we would be consumed with the same issues that the disciples had in their day. You remember them. Who's going to be first? Surely if Jesus is going to be sitting here, who's going to get to sit next to him? And you know what? If I do things just right, I might be second in command. How about that, Jesus? I, I'll settle for second. But you know, there was this spiritual jockeying to see who was more important than who. And I want to tell you that that thought 
comes from Satan and is still prevalent in humanity today. I see it almost every day in every facet of life. And so after he is risen and he's laid aside his garments and he takes a towel and he girds himself, he pours water into a basin. I don't know if you understand the tradition, but it, normally there was a servant that would have been set aside, somebody sometimes that was not of the Jewish faith, someone, maybe a Gentile or someone, that would be there and it would be their duty to come take this basin of water and go around and to service those that were in the room. But man, look at this picture. Jesus himself is taking and girding himself as if maybe he might be the one that's going to provide this service. And certainly the thing happens. Looks up, he puts the towel, he begins to, uh, let me read in the fifth verse, after he pours the water into the basin, he begins to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. And then he comes to one of my favorite people in the Bible, Simon Peter. I like him because he was a fisherman first. But you know what? This guy was fit to, to all kinds of things. Very impulsive, uh, just an interesting personality. And listen what happens when he finally comes around and he gets to Peter. And Peter said to him, Lord... And I'm going to speak in English. You're going to wash my feet? You know, I think about this service. I served in the military for 24 years in the chaplaincy. And I can tell you just on one hand how many times I've seen the service of humility or washing of feet taking place. I remember when I was a child, it happened all the time. And so I've wondered over time what has separated us where this service has died. I'm very thankful today in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that we continue in that tradition, continue in that. And I hope I can give you just a few learning points today as to why we continue in this service of humility. Uh, service of humility. And so then Peter is saying, you're going to wash my feet? Have you ever thought about that when you came here? Yeah, maybe way back in the sublimo, you know, wait a minute, it's chameleon, wait a minute, it's going to be foot washing, wait a minute. I don't think somebody's going to wash my feet. No, not today, not tomorrow, maybe like Peter, not ever. So Jesus says unto him, he says, you know what I'm doing, uh, you don't even know what I'm doing, but you will know hereafter. And Peter said unto him, you shall never, can you imagine telling that to Jesus today? You'll never wash my feet. Have you ever felt that way? I have seen feet that I thought I would never wash. How about you? <laughs> okay, I figured I'd get amen. I remember I was uh, in Saudi Arabia and I was given the duty to be a liaison to a Bedouin farmer. We had 5,000 soldiers, all kind of equipment on his land. We watched his camels on the horizon every day going one way and coming back the other way. And the only requirement I had was to make sure that when he ran over stuff and busted his truck, we fixed it. And the second thing was I had to take an entourage of soldiers to visit him, normally about Friday, uh, around the lunchtime. And it wasn't always a visit that soldiers wanted to go on if you've ever lived in the middle of the desert. Uh, he had sheep and goats, and there was sheep pellet everywhere. There were flies everywhere. It was hot. It'd be like 120, 130 degrees. No shade anywhere. 
And he would go to his little wigwam and untie it, and somebody was in there, I think it was his wife and his daughter, and he'd come out with this big old pan of dates, and he'd come and sit down with us, and he'd pass it around. And flies were all over these dates. How would you like one? That's what my soldiers were looking like. Oh no, there's no way we're going to eat that. And then he got up and he went back and he came with a boiling kettle and he had these little shot glasses. They didn't look like they were clean either. And he'd pour a little water, a little tea in it, and he'd pass them around. And they'd look at me and I'd say, you got to take at least a sip. At least the water's hot. It ought to kill something. And they'd take a sip. But it was there that I noticed how this man had lived for a long time. He was there. I looked at his feet and I remember when I saw his feet, I thought about foot washing. His feet were just so scarred. His toenails were so gnarled. They were caked with so much dirt. And I thought in my mind, when I looked at it, my mind just transformed being from the chapel office. I thought about who would wash those feet? I didn't think I would either. I never got a chance to test that. But that is the question that's being asked today as we get ready for our service of humility. And so then Peter, I'm going to take you back to him a little bit. He says that, uh, you know, no, don't wash my feet. Jesus has a very good answer for him. He says, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part with me. That's a powerful saying for a service that Jesus is at. If you won't let me wash your feet, then you have nothing to do with me. And we know that Peter loved Jesus, wanted to be with Jesus, wanted to be in the kingdom with Jesus. But hearing that had to be a very difficult thing. And so let me go quickly here. Uh, next thing you know, I'm going to actually do some diversion. I'm going to read a little bit from Desire of Ages because... Uh, Jesus, when he said that you don't know what I'm doing, I'm going to read from Desire of Ages where uh, Ellen White writes, she says, um, what I do, Christ said, you don't know now, but you will know hereafter. And Peter could not bear to see his Lord, whom he believed to be the Son of God, acting the part of a servant. His whole soul rose up against this humiliation. And I think that's the right word. Humiliation. He did not realize that for this, Christ came into the world. And with great emphasis, knowing Peter, he said, you shall never wash my feet. And so what ends up happening, Jesus says, if you don't let me do it, then you have nothing to do with me. And then Peter decides that, hey, I might as well get a full bath. Wash all of me. Amen. And Jesus says, no, not all of you are dirty. Only we only need to clean your feet. And I want to read a little bit about what this means. It says these words mean more than bodily cleanliness. Christ is speaking of the higher cleansing as is illustrated by the Lord. He who came from the bath was clean, but the sandaled feet soon became dusty and needed to be washed. I can tell you when you go in other cultures, and I've been in Iraq and other places, you may wonder why it's such an offense to sit down and place your feet up facing people. Because your feet represent where you have been, the things you have done, the sins you have been part of, or the evil that you have partaken, and you don't project it that way. My mother just would always knock your feet off the table in our house and say, don't put your feet up on the table. But in other cultures, it really was an offense to do that. 
And so when Jesus had girded the towel and he had washed the dust from the feet, he desired, listen to this, he desired in this act, the very act to wash away these things, alienation, jealousy, and pride from their hearts. This was of far more consequence than the washing of their dusty feet. With the spirit, they then had, not one of them was prepared for communion with Christ. She says, until brought into a state of humility and love, they were not prepared to partake of the Paschal Supper or to share in the memorial service which Christ was about to institute. Their hearts, it's interesting, washing feet, she says, their hearts must be cleansed. Pride and self-seeking create dissension and hatred, but all this Jesus washed away in washing their feet. So maybe, I could be wrong, maybe we should pay a lot more attention to this service. Maybe we should be a little more prepared for this opportunity that Jesus gave us because in coming here and partaking of foot washing, there is a cleansing of the heart that takes place. Amen? And I hope that can happen for you today. Maybe it's not your experience today and you may not do it with us today, but if you are here today and you haven't done it for a while, I want to make sure that you have an invitation to know that Christ is trying to make us one. And the only way we can become one is we first all have to become level at the cross, which means we have to be humbled with humility. And then we have to see each other in love. And that's what that service is all about. We know a lot about communion. The remembrance piece is very easy. I'm not going to talk a lot on that so we can get started. But in remembrance, we remember the body that was broken for us. We remember the blood that was spilt for us. And on a daily basis, we will have this remembrance before us as we look for Christ's coming. And we know that his coming is going to be very soon. So if you're going to be joining us today, I'd like to, enjoy, I'd like to invite you to join us today that you might partake in this service of heart cleansing. That's what we're getting ready to separate for. Our service takes place in three locations here in our, in, our, in our church. The men will meet over here. Over here to the left, outside this door in the hallway, the women, there's a room where the women will serve. And we do accommodate even for couples. We have a, down the hallway to your right, there's a room set up where couples can serve each other. But I do say this with caution for couples. It's easy for me to wash Rosalind's feet unless I have something wrong in my heart with her, then it's not that easy all of a sudden. But if we're at, if we're at one and we have no issue washing each other's feet, we're familiar, we're married, we ought to be able to wash each other's feet. I'd like today to invite you to look to someone else, possibly, possibly, and see someone, maybe you don't know them, maybe there is someone that you would like to draw close to and we do it in this vernacular, we'll say, may I serve you? How may, and, and that's how the invitation takes place. I wanna invite the elders today. We have people who are visiting today. I'd like to invite elders to reach out to people that you see here that may be visiting, offer to serve them in this, in this service today. And then when we finally separate and we go and we have the service, 
When we're finished, I'd like to invite you all to make sure you clean your hands, come back. The pews are going to be marked and that we're going to be seated every other seat so that the deacons and deaconesses will be able to serve us. And then as that communion service comes to an end, we're going to sing for our final song. You see it in your bulletin. It'll be this. Uh, the song is called Blessed Be the Tie That Binds. That song will be our benediction today. We won't have the pastor or someone standing at the back to do a benediction. The song itself will serve as our benediction. And then as you are departing from the service today, there will be deacons again holding offering trays as we collect money for those that are less fortunate, those that stand in need. And so again, today the whole opportunity is a service of humility one to another, and it is also a service about love with Jesus. I look forward to the day Jesus said he's going to come back again. And he said, we're going to have this service with him in the kingdom. I can't imagine what it's going to be like. But I can tell you today, saints, I want to be there. Amen. And I hope that each one of you are there. So let's get our heart cleansing today by way of foot washing. Let us come to the table. Let us see our Lord broken, bruised the sacrifice that he committed and on our behalf, how he, who is the Lord of the universe, was willing to do what? He was willing to be made humble as a lamb, and he went to the slaughter for each one of us. He loved us that much. So without any other announcements, I'd like to invite you this time, I think, as we begin our separation and we go to our various rooms, go uh, prayerfully, go reverently, and we'll come back to our service of communion. Amen.